All right. Uh, welcome to the first ever, kind of, uh, official episode of No Names, All Game, a Penn State podcast. I am your host, Chris Hankin. This is a special special edition because we just recorded one full hour of the first episode and for some reason the anchor app shout out anchor uh did not save it for us so this is this is round two uh we're not gonna let it get us down our spirits are still high you are going to get the same energy that you got or you didn't get the first time uh, i'm joined today by a very special guest good friend of mine fellow penn state grad fellow jets fan fellow la resident uh local comic pat colicchio pat how you doing let me tell you i I'm so excited to be here on the first and a half episode. First and a half of No Names All Game, a uh, a name that I um, unabashedly will say I came up with. You did while Chris you and did. I were out at the bar. Um, you know, I don't want to toot my own horn. Toot toot. But someone has to. Um, <laughs> all me is all I'm saying. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so yeah, really excited. Uh, like I said, we just did a full episode, but we're going to take that as our dry run. We're going to take that as our dress rehearsal. Absolutely. We got out some of the ums and the ahs, and you guys are going to get a better product because of it. So today, uh, April 21st, was actually Blue and White Day, so happy Blue and White. Uh, did you catch any of the game? Um, not only did I not catch any of this game, I have never watched a single second of any Blue and White game ever. Never. Um, okay. I find preseason sports to be the most meaningless thing in all of existence. Okay, fair um, enough. It's it's just absolutely meaningless. Okay. I can't think of a better word for preseason sports than meaningless. Okay, fair enough. So today, blue and white, uh, nothing crazy. Trace looked good. Uh, some of the young guys got some good snaps. Micah Parsons, obviously. Mac Hippenhammer had a good day. Juwan Johnson in a walking boot. That was a little concerning, but we hope he's okay. Um but today's episode is going to be about the upcoming NFL draft. And Pat, I got to tell you, the NFL draft is one of my favorite times in all of football. The entire season, NFL, college, I fucking love the NFL draft. Couldn't agree with you more. Um, first of all, I think the NFL made a huge mistake moving it away from New York. Okay, because I, I think one of the greatest parts about the NFL draft was watching <laughs> Jets fans watch the Jets ruin everything. Yes, and boo regardless. Yes. I, I mean, it's an all it's an NFL draft classic moment is watching the Jets be terrible at be, yeah. at being a football program. It's very true. Um I'm also I've got to say I'm just excited to uh to be excited. Yeah. Um about this draft between uh eight potential Penn State draftees. Eight. Uh that you know, it's been a lot for the past few years, it's always been Maybe one or two guys I was looking at Penn State to go high or go at all, and then really just caring about what the Jets did. Yeah, and I, I it's hard for me to explain how exciting it is to really care all the way through the draft about all these guys who could be, be part of belong on an NFL roster. Yeah, no, I completely agree, and and I, I think you hit the nail on the head there. We had eight guys invited to the NFL Combine, so. Uh, this is our first episode, episode one and a half. Um, right. I, I, I am going to say it now. I don't think we're going to be very big stats guys. I don't think we're going to be very big facts guys. Um, but for this first inaugural episode, I, I did a little bit of research. Um, so we had eight guys invited to the NFL Combine this year. Last year, we had two. It was Godwin and Garrett Sickles. The year before that, 2016 and 2015, we had five. Not bad. Years before that, 2014 and 2013, only three apiece. Uh, and in each of those years, really, we had guys drafted in the second, third round, maybe. And then the rest of them are normally fifth, sixth, seventh, undrafted free agents. 
it, it's been a while since we've had a first round pick. Do you know actually know when our last first round pick was? Um, I do because you wrote it down. And because we've recorded this once. Of course. It was Jared Odrick in 2010, my freshman year at Penn State. I've gone through a freshman, sophomore, junior, and multiple senior years <laughs> before since Penn State has had a first round pick. It's it's crazy. Honestly, eight years ago, Jared Odrick before him, uh, right the year before 2009, Aaron Mabin. 07 was Levi Brown, 06 Tom Bahali. Um, you got to go back a while before you see some of these top drafts. And we've had some notable draft picks, right? We've had uh, a couple just to read off here. Navarro Bowman, Sean Lee, Wisniewski just won a Super Bowl. Shout out, Philly. Fuck you. Um, <laughs> Allen Robinson, Jesse James, Adrian Amos, Donovan Smith, Zettel, Nassib Johnson, some of the more recent guys. Um, we've had some good NFL talent, right? linebacker you um and a quick shout out to a guy that just retired and had quietly a really great nfl career in paul puzlozny oh shit uh one of the all-time great penn state linebackers and um you know a guy who was down in jacksonville for a long time yeah a team that was getting no attention so he was getting no attention but 11 nfl seasons i think a couple of pro bowls and just i mean any guy who can stay on the same nfl roster as a starter for 11 years yeah clearly had a great career. Yeah, no, that's super fair. And, and Paul, if you're listening to this, because I know you listened to our our uh, first episode, one point five. Um, sorry, I can't believe I just left you off. But yeah, we've had great NFL talent, right? But it's been a long time since we've been excited about a draft. Um, and in doing this research, this is this is something I I, I really want to call out because I think is crazy. Uh, we look back all the way to the 2003 NFL draft. Mm-hmm. Penn State had not one, not two, not three, but four first round Four. picks uh starting that's with as many championships as lebron didn't win in miami that's very true uh starting <laughs> with number 12 overall jimmy kennedy michael haynes bryant johnson and larry johnson outside of lj i genuinely don't know the rest of them um yeah, i was i was only 11 years old yeah, same. not really following college football at that point agreed uh with four first round picks followed by two second round picks brian scott and anthony spice adams big shout out to spice, spice. um but that's pretty cool and and i don't think we're quite there yet right we're not there to the fact that we're gonna have four firsts two seconds but but we are to the point we're gonna have guys that go in the first couple rounds we're gonna obviously have one guaranteed first rounder in saquon which we'll get to in a little bit mm-hmm. uh mike kosicki another borderline first second rounder Another couple of guys that can go third, fourth. Uh, it's going to be a very cool weekend to watch this again. Again, we're, we're recording this on April 21st. The draft is coming up this Thursday. I want to say the 26th, the 27th. That's correct. Um, really, really exciting. And, and a lot of it goes back to the recruiting classes that we've had at Penn State. So um, starting with Bill O'Brien, uh, 2012, 2013, whenever, whenever that you know whole saga went down. Um, 11. You know, yeah, so he, he he brought in a couple classes. Happened that, in eleven. He came in in twelve. Right, so he brought in a couple classes that really kind of kept Penn State together and and Stay, obviously helped sh- save the program. Yes, obviously shout out to all the guys that that stayed throughout that Maudie and Hodges and Hall and all of them. Obviously, big big shout out. But but as far as keeping Zordich. talent, Zordich, wow. Um, but as far as keeping talent coming through the program, it started with Bill O'Brien and the Christian Hackenberg class, and then as James Franklin came in, continuing to keep those guys in. So if we look at the guys we're going to talk about in this episode, uh, 2013, Bill O'Brien's last full class, uh, Deshaun Hamilton was in that class, uh, the Cothran brothers, not actually related, Brendan Mann, uh, Andrew Nelson, 
the year after that, 2014, that's when James Franklin kind of took over at the very end. So half Bill O'Brien, half mm-hmm. Franklin. That class includes Kasiki, Allen, Apke, Haley, Kabinda, Campbell. Class. Just unbelievable. And then obviously the year after that, 2015, Saquon Barkley, obviously leaving a year early. Um, I say obviously a lot. I'm realizing that now. Note to self. Um, obviously you do. But uh, we're going to see a lot of guys from that class come out next year too. So it seems like we're just getting to that point where – not quite, uh, and I, I hate to say this, but some of the other programs like the Ohio States, the Alabamas, just just NFL factories, right? They're just you, NFL you see, prep. You see Urban Meyer, you see Nick Saban at the NFL draft because they have ten or twelve guys that are going to go, three or four in the first round. I don't think we're there yet, but I think with some of the classes that Franklin's been able to bring in, uh, twenty sixteen we had the twentieth overall class, twenty seventeen the fifteenth overall class, and this year twenty eighteen the fifth overall so serious nfl talent moving in the right direction right we we have guys and and of course it doesn't it's not a one-for-one correlation there are plenty of five stars that fail there are plenty of two stars that Mm -hmm. that make it you hear about the russell wilson's the jj watts um but but obviously we're moving in the right direction and it's just it's really exciting uh two quick things to bring up one um i'd like to speaking of penn state legends yes i'd like to talk about uh 2011 halloween where shout out to tom trulio the bfd uh, we dressed up as Mike Mowdy and Mike Zordich for Halloween <laughs> because we were so appreciative of them nice. saving our program. Nice. Uh, let me tell you, it was a poor impersonation, but we looked really good in wigs. There you go. Um, man. I love secondly, that. Secondly, I hate Russell Wilson. Do you? Um, so he's like one of the most likable guys in the NFL. Yeah, I was going to say. The, he's like, good, like great off the field. Right. Um, but any real Penn Stater should remember him after transferring to Wisconsin just lighting us up yeah. on, on the field. Yeah, it did and happen. I It just left such a sour taste in my mouth, I could never enjoy anything he does ever since. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. No, the, I, I can't knock that at all, because I, I feel the same way. I'm a, I'm a diehard Yankee fan. I feel the same oh, way yeah. about a guy like uh, like David Ortiz, who I know if I met him would probably be like one yeah, of the nicest guy. guys in the world, but fuck him. Like, Manny Ramirez, I have no problem hating, because I think he's genuinely a scumbag. Uh, but, yeah, I bet but he's a dick. David Ortiz is probably a nice guy. Anyway, not the purpose of this podcast. Let's reel it back in. David Ortiz could give mouth to mouth my grandmother, and I still wouldn't like him that much. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> totally agreed. Sorry, David, if you're listening, which you are. I don't know if you guys know this. I mean, have, provided that he needed to. If he did it without needing it, we have a lot of high-profile listeners. A lot of high-profile listeners. We, we, we have a celebrity clientele. <laughs> All right. So uh, what we're going to do on this episode is is our goals. We're going to break down, uh, like I said, the eight guys that, that were at the Combine and then maybe a couple of bonus ones at the end. <laughs> Basically, where, where the scouts are talking about them, where they think they're going to fall, and then kind of our own comparisons. So... Um, Let's jump right into it. I think I think this will be a, a quicker episode than our first one. We're learning from our mistakes. Indeed, episode yeah. 1.5. Uh, and we're going to start with the man, the myth, the legend, the goat, the god, Saquon Barkley. For all you non-YouTube watchers out there, because we're not recording this podcast visually, I was just pumping my arm through all that. Very, very Jersey Shore-like of you. <laughs> um, Saquon, there's, there's so much you can say about the guy. So if we look at NFL.com, uh, that's what we're going to base our, our projected rankings off of. There's mm-hmm. so many different ones. I personally like uh, Bleacher Report, Matt Miller, a lot. Uh, big shout out to that guy. I think he's one of the best in the business. But NFL.com, let's look at it. They have Saquon Barkley, obviously first round, projected top five. And their pro player comparison is Barry Sanders, which I think is just – I think it's incredible because we can sit here as much as we want. And, uh, you know, we've we've had a couple of uh, adult sodas in us. Um, Absolutely. And uh, – little uh peek behind the curtains first name for this podcast before we settled on no names all game uh shout out to my boy lee right now lee slosberg how you doing uh we're gonna call this 
slightly biased, slightly buzzed, of which I am both. Um, and we always will be. Of course, we're slightly biased, right? We love Saquon Barkley. Of course, we're going to compare him to Barry Sanders. Of course, we're going to compare him to the greatest of all time. Um, but to see the NFL, you know, NFL scouts, to see NFL.com, see ESPN, Todd McShay, all those guys literally talk about him as a genuine number one overall pick. It's pretty freaking cool. And compare him to a guy, I mean, Barry Sanders, um, you know, is considered probably, other than Jim Brown, probably the best talent to ever play running back. Yeah. And, and maybe even as good or better than Jim Brown. Agreed. So, I mean, there, Different there styles, could not of be, course, but... but there could not be higher praise for a player than Barry Sanders. Absolutely. And I, I think when you look at Saquon, obviously he has all of the measurables, right? The kid put on an absolute freak show Murdered at the, the combine. combine. But that, that's what he is. I mean, he throws up these numbers, these measurables, crazy. I mean, the 40 time at 4-4, the bench press at 29. 29. That, that's top 10% of D. Defensive lineman. The kid is just an animal in the weight room. He really Holds is. the Penn State all all time record for power clean. Yeah, I mean yeah. Th- this is a running back. He that, hurt, sh- yep. that shouldn't be a thing that exists. No, absolutely. And not. he he squats over six hundred pounds, which is insane. You watch those videos, and I mean, I don't know if you have ever seen me in person, but I'm not very much of a weightlifter. He just you he wants to make you go into a weight room and just lift. Like the guy is he a does. gym rat. He's an animal. I will never forget one of the greatest articles I ever read. Like when I first started getting into kind of following Penn State on this deeper level. I remember it was his freshman year. He had a run in practice that he burst for like 80 yards, mm-hmm. and he came back. It was a touchdown. All the older guys were impressed, and he came back to Charles Huff, running back coach who's now at Mississippi State. And he said, Coach, my shoulders weren't square. I-, I need to work better on that. Kid broke off an 80-yard run. He's a that's freshman. The, that's the kind of player he team. is. And he's, he's looking at what he can do better. That's so the kind of player he is. We can talk about Saquon Barkley for literally hours. Um, I can do but, a whole podcast about Saquon. Yes, of course. But, I mean, I, I, think, the, I think the thing is – Number one, obviously physical freak. Uh, if you look at some of the quote-unquote weaknesses, right, some of the things that teams say is that he takes too many negative plays. He looks for the home run when he should just take four or five yards. W- what do you have to say to some some of the people that say that? So um, about the, the thing is, you look at like these stats that, he, that they can use against Barkley with more negative plays than most other running backs, and he had two statistically-wise really poor games in Ohio State and Michigan State. Sure. If you watch any tape, it dispels absolutely any of that notion. Yeah. Um, every single game Penn State played, six, seven guys stacked in the box, all keyed on Saquon Barkley. Yep. I mean, there were times, and, and you know, behind a young, you know, not great offensive line. Sure. Let's be honest. I mean, had this is a line that's taken huge strides. Yeah, much improved this year. But, in, in the past three years. But still. But is still, I would say that it's still the weakness of the team. Yeah. Um. And you're, if you've got a, a you know a player like a running back who's almost entirely dependent on how good his offensive line is, yeah, and he's still as good as he is. I, I watch film. Yeah, all you have to do is watch him play, and any negative, if you know anything about football, any negative criticism you have flies out the window. Yeah, because he's a playmaker. Um, he yeah he has a tendency to bounce it outside, but that's because so often those holes are cut off inside for him. Agreed. Um. And I would say as often as him giving up the sure yards doesn't work out, I would argue that it does work out possibly more often. And when it does work out, it's so big 
that yeah. cancels it. I'd agree. It's incredibly more valuable. I mean, you look all look no further than the Rose Bowl run, the iconic oh. one where he bounced through six defenders. I was there live. It's I will never forget uh, me and the group I was with. We were just coming back from the bathroom because it was right after halftime. Yeah. And we're like walking up to it our seats. in the bathroom for that. We walk on up to our seats and we hear people cheering and we turn around and I just caught the very like as soon as he started going into those bounces and it was incredible. Um, and I agree. I think that's what you get out of this guy. I'll never, I'll never forget the, uh, was it uh Fiesta ball as well? Same thing yeah. in the beginning of the game, that 86 yard run, whatever it was, an just animal tears it off. You will take those plays every time. And I agree in the NFL, the NFL is a game of moving the chains, right? It's going to be harder for him to bounce. out. There are tons of defenders that are going to shut that down, but guess what? There's also offensive lines. I think lines. he can adjust to that, though. I, I agree, but there's also offensive lines that are going to open up holes for him and allow him to run between the tackles. Yeah. It didn't happen at Penn yeah. State, and that's okay. I think – here's the thing. I think he's a very smart player. Yes. And if you look at him, he's a pretty patient runner. Yeah. So I actually – I I like his ability to adjust to that in the NFL. Agreed. Um, and he's gotten... I think he knows that it worked in college. Yes. And I think he knows when it won't work in the NFL. Yeah. Um. The other thing is – I mean, very obviously, he is such a gifted receiver as a running back. So in such a pass-heavy league now, yeah, clear upside. Yep. Um, the other thing is, when he's on the field, every team is going to have to respect the fact that he could be running the ball any down. Yes. And I think that's such a huge part of the NFL. He um, could be running the ball. He, he could be yeah. receiving a pitch. He could be receiving a screen. He could be going out in a slot. It's There's so many things that you have to respect about him. He's gotten the Le'Veon Bell comparisons about how good of a receiver Le'Veon is. I, just, I think I that's think a he, very good comparison. I think he can do it all. And I think the things he's not good at in an NFL system. Guess what, what is he not good at? I, I'm not sure. Quote, unquote, quote, unquote, not good at, right? <laughs> I think the things that NFL teams might want to see more out of him, you put him in an NFL program for a month and he will learn them. Like he's that kind 100%. of student of the game. He's going to learn them. So I couldn't agree more. Again, we could talk about Saquon forever. Uh, great player, better person, soon to be dad. Shout out. When I go on uh, dates, I talk about Saquon. <laughs> shout out to Saquon and his girlfriend, Anna, expecting uh, their first baby. Uh, as far as I've seen, upcoming any day. So um, just his world's about to change. And, and I have the biggest player crush, person crush ever on Saquon Barkley. So let's talk about where he's going to go. Um, obviously, I think there is realistic value at number one overall if the Cleveland Browns really want to take him and make him the face of their franchise. but I also know this is a quarterback-dominated league. So with the Jets trading up to number three, with the Giants holding the keys to the draft, in my opinion, yep. and possibly letting a team like the Bills or the Cardinals or someone trade up to number two for another quarterback, I think the Browns have to go quarterback at number one. I, I just – it's the Browns. You never know what the fuck they're going to do. But I think they go quarterback at number one. So I really – the way I see it playing out is the Giants either fall in love and take him at number two, and I can't – I I lose sleep over this one. I'm a diehard Jets fan. Uh, yeah. Saquon is my favorite player ever. I do not want to see him in the fucking blue and white Ugh. of the New York Giants. Blue and red. Because at least I like the colors blue and white. That's yeah, blue and that's red. fair. That's Just fair. Ugly. Ugh. And uh, the other worst case scenario is the Giants pass on him. So let's say let's say the Browns pick a quarterback. The Giants either pick their quarterback of the future or trade to someone for a quarterback. Yeah. Now the Jets are on the clock. My beloved watch. Jets, you have to watch you them to pass. Watch them. You have to watch them pass yeah. on Saquon Barkley because you know. Because you uh, know, yeah, they, they signed two running yes. backs and they traded up. A team doesn't trade to number three like that not to, get to draft their back. quarterback. I, yeah. I've accepted that fact. That, would, that hasn't happened since Emmitt's, since the yeah. you know the Cowboys traded Herschel Walker. I would love to see <laughs> Mike McCagnan roll the dice and take Saquon Barkley at number three, but it's not going to happen. Yeah. So I I truly think here, here's I truly thing. think his floor is number four to the Browns. I don't see him going. Yeah. Here, than that. Here's the thing. 
He's by far the best player in the draft. I think there's absolutely no doubt yep. between the way he can play the game in terms of the intangibles yep. and the actual tangible numbers that he of course, has. Of course. He is the best player in the draft. Human highlight. By right? a wide margin. And I think the only player who's closest to Minka Fitzpatrick. I don't I'm I'm okay with that. Um so there is ab- team can't lose by picking him. Yeah. There's absolutely no loss. The only potential loss you could see in drafting Saquon Barkley is the gain you wouldn't have by drafting a franchise quarterback. Sure. And I mean, how have we seen the NFL play out in the last couple of years? Of course. A quote-unquote franchise quarterback is hit or miss. It is. No matter how good a but, prospect is. Yeah, but if he if like if you're the Browns and you draft a quarterback first and then he drops past you again, yes. I I think you'd be I mean, there are some drafts that have him going as far as what, 7? Seven? 7 to the Bucks. I mean, insane. Insane. If, if he falls that far, Literally, find the door and walk out of it. it <laughs> I mean, it, it's uh, that's unbelievable. Yeah, there's no way you, as the Browns, you could pass on Saquon Barkley twice. I agree. He's that good, and he will be that good. Completely, I think agree. he is a no miss player. He's the I think in fact, other than him and Minka Fitzpatrick are the only two no miss players in the draft. I am very okay with that. Uh, Saquon, we love you so much. Uh, if you're listening to this, which like Paul Pazlozny, you probably yeah, are. I texted uh, about it. <laughs> we'd love to have you on the show sometime. Uh, best of luck to you in the upcoming draft. Best of luck to you in your upcoming fatherhood, man. Absolutely. We wish we wish you the best of luck. You are you're the greatest, man. We love you. Um, hope you're not a giant. That's all. <laughs> Handling with poise. I could not. I could not. Seriously, the the kid is the kid is a legend. I am gonna wrap myself up. Otherwise, I will talk about him for another hour. So let's oh, yes. move on. Player number two, uh, and again, we're going through this in the the order that we think they're going to be drafted. So Saquon, clearly number one. The second pick, which we talked about, we have potential for possibly two first-rounders. And and I'm just going to say it. I think Mike Gesicki, tight end from, I believe, your home state of New Jersey. Absolutely. Uh, actually showed up at the bar I worked at this Are summer. you actually from New Jersey? I just threw that uh, Yeah, I am, I, I am from New Jersey. I thought yeah. so, but I just wanted to make sure. Um, yeah, Mike Kosicki, uh, tight end out of New Jersey. I think he has legitimate. I believe he's round... from Manahawk in New Jersey. There you go. I think Mike he has Kosicki. legitimate round one talent. Uh, NFL.com has his, has him projected round two. Pro comparison to Jimmy Graham, which I think is actually pretty fair. I, I think it's a great comparison. Um, the only real difference I would say is Jimmy Graham is a little wider than sure. than uh, Gesicki, where he's a little lankier. Yeah, and I think I think that's what. Uh, but, you I think know, that's former Kasiki, basketball. Yeah, exactly. Both former basketball. Kasiki's kind of a volleyball Hops. guy, right? That that's his strength. Is he can he can go out, he can high point the ball, he can make those contested catches. He is a he's a matchup nightmare. And I think, with, oh, like yeah. we said, the way the NFL is going, it's becoming more pass happy. You see guys like the last couple of years. You've seen Evan Engram go in the first round to the Giants. You've seen uh, who is it? Um, David and Joku girl yeah. go early to the Browns. He hasn't done it, but uh, guys like Travis Kelsey, guys like. You know, even Gronk. I mean, he he set the foundation. He's never been a stellar blocker. He's, a, I mean, he's just a meathead. So yeah, he, he's, he's a, a truck though. He's a truck, but he's a truck. But I think he set the set the stage for like, hey, this is a pass catching league for tight ends. Yeah. And Mike Isicki is basically just a big ass wide receiver, and I think yeah. I think teams are going to fall in love with him. We've talked about how good of a, I think you'd say this about any Penn State player for the most part, at least the guys the ones in the draft. Same with Saquon. As good as as good as Mike Kosicki is on the field, I think teams are going to fall in love with him in the interviews. He's and a good person. I think I think there's going to be a team that needs a tight end late in the first round that's going to say, "Hey, why am I going to wait and get another guy?" Um, not- if you need a tight end and you, and you go with anyone before him, I think you're foolish. I agree. There's one or two guys that I've been select like said mock Mike drafts higher. Him. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. He's 
he's by far the best receiver of any of them. Yes. Um, he's a good route runner. Yep. As um, speed wise, what did he run like a four five something? Four five one, if I'm not mistaken. Um, that's, four five four. I that, apologize. That's a hell of a. I mean, to, to run that against a linebacker. Yeah. Terrible matchup. Six five. Right. Six five with a 40, 41 and a half inch. Forty one and a half is a nightmare matchup Woo. for a safety. He's got incredible hands. Yep. And. I th- I th- he's so good at high pointing the ball. Yes, and I mean that beyond just how high he can jump. The way he times his jumps, yeah, yeah to catch I the agree. ball is really incredible. I completely um, agree. So I'm I'm now going to get overly critical. Okay. About, about him. Okay. Um, because we have because we have to compare him on NFL standards, of course, not just how great of a college player. Of he course. Was. My com- the thing is, I mean, everyone knows it. It's it's his blocking. Yeah. So he is, I think, easily the best receiving tight end in the draft. There's Agreed. no question. Agreed. And I think the problem is not that he isn't a good blocker. It's that he's not overly interested in blocking. Okay. Um, what do you mean by that? Like he doesn't care about it? It's just he's never seemed to work on it that hard. I mean, you saw – you brought up in our first podcast. First fact, attempt, yep. Um, how much his hands improved from his yes. sophomore year to his senior yeah, year. Yeah, very much so. And you just haven't seen his blocking improve the same way. Yeah. Um. No, I think I think that's it, it fair. It seems that he really doesn't give it his all when he blocks. Okay. Um, and so the problem there is that in the NFL, even though they're passing, you know, probably sixty percent of the time, if not more, at any given time, they have to respect the fact that it could be any play. Sure. Sure. And it it could become the you know this kind of thing where if Mike Gusecki's in the game, you know they're passing. Sure. And. For a coach, that is a nightmare. Yeah, yeah. Um, I but- think I think the one thing I would challenge on that, and I don't know if I if I spoke to this in our, our first attempt, but I'm gonna say it now, listeners, you're getting bonus footage. Um, I, I I did mention how good his hands improved. I think it was his sophomore year where he had just nightmarish drops where he would be wide open yeah. and literally drop the ball, and he worked on it so much where he became legitimately, like we said, the best pass catching tight end, not only in the Big Ten, but I think College in the football. country, right? College football, definitely. Um, you have some other guys, Hayden Hurst, Dallas Goddard. Sure, like I don't, I, I think they're all very talented. I don't think there's a better pass catching tight end in college football right now than Mike Kosicki. And hell, if he if he extrapolates that into the NFL, I think he'd be one of the very best, one of the top three, four guys. Mm-hmm. I don't think he was asked to do the blocking, and I think that's what it is. Like in the Jomo system, Joe Moorhead and even Ricky Ronnie taking over, tight ends didn't need to block. So I don't know if it was that he didn't care to try it but i don't know if they ever really asked them to they took it as like hey you're our big ass wide receiver you're gonna go be a matchup nightmare and we want you to be as good as you can on that that's actually that, that's a really excellent point i will say that um thank you i, I, yeah, I mean that, that puts a <laughs> bit of a damper into what i said but that, that that's a really excellent point that he just doesn't get asked to block that often but but, but you, I, I think in the NFL he'll at least be asked to put into schemes where it looks like he could block. Yes, and unless he is at least a you know an yep. effective blocker, yeah, it will cancel out a lot. You know, just uh, the 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 idea that they have to respect multiple plays. Yeah, and I completely agree. I I, I think you are a hundred percent right that he has to get better at it. Yeah. I just I wonder if they even asked him to in college just because of the scheme. Yeah. That that's that's a good point. Here's what I will say though: if he does become even like a mid-range blocker. Yeah. I think he is such a good receiver that he could absolutely be the best tight end in the NFL. And that includes Rob Gronkowski because yeah. Mike Kosicki will play all 16 games for you. True. True. And he doesn't get injured. He, he has been a health 
a beacon. I mean, aside from the fact that he is an exceptionally talented receiver. Yeah. He doesn't get injured. I mean, you think about the top tight ends in the the league right now. You've got Gronk, who's constantly injured. You've got plays five games a year. He plays five games a year. You've got Kelsey, who's pretty good overall. I don't have a whole lot of knocks. You got Jordan Reed, who cannot stay healthy to save his life. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a couple others that I could name, but either way, I think Jimmy Graham, of course. I think Gesicki has potential. I think Gesicki has potential to be like the tight end for the next five years. So by the time he hits his prime. Best tight end of the end. Yes. So if we look at where he could fall, like we said, I, I truly do think he has put himself in the first round conversation. We saw it last year. Evan Engram, uh, the Giants jumped on him because they needed a tight end. They saw how the NFL was changing. I think there's going to be a team that falls in love with him and takes him late first round. I really don't see him lasting in the second. So looking at some of the teams that need tight ends, uh, it really starts at pick number 18, the Seahawks. They just lost Jimmy Graham, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so the Seahawks maybe at 18. After that, you fall to the Cowboys. I mean, and Russell Wilson needs some help now. Yes. Because oh, they've been unloading talent the past yep. three years. Yep. Next. And you don't keep Russell Wilson unless you're planning on Unless you have talent. weapons. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So I could see the Seahawks. The Next, you fall to the Cowboys. Jason Witten is not going to be around forever. Dak Prescott. Great guy to learn from. As good as Dak and Zeke are. Could you imagine adding Gasicki to that offense? Another threat. Uh, after that, the Lions. Only problem is I don't. Blocking. Yeah. I don't love the Lions just because, like, I don't know. I've never loved that team. I feel like they strike out a lot. Um, yeah, they do. Ebron never it's, panned yeah, out. They're, Even, they're just, it's all not their a running back. It's just not a winner franchise. So, Mike, I hope you don't go to the Lions. Um, so, my my favorite projection and what I've seen a lot is, uh, I think it's like number 22 or something in the first round, goes to the New Orleans Saints. I think that would be a fantastic fit. I, I truly think Drew Brees has another two, three, four years. I, yeah. think, I think he's one of the uh, that older echelon of quarterbacks that truly could pull it off for a couple of years. And a guy you could learn from, too. I mean, and I, I about- think... I think Gasicki and Breeze could be a fantastic oh, combination absolutely. for the next. And with how years. surprisingly good they were this year, yeah, they've they've got. I mean, could you imagine? They've got some young talent now. Could you imagine an offense of Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas, and Mike Gasicki? That's pretty dirty. Yeah. For any of you fantasy football nerds out there, that's pretty. It's it pretty much orgasmic. Having, having a strong receiving option like that. Yeah. So Mike Gasicki, uh, same thing. We love you, brother. Winner we hope, anywhere. You we guys. hope the best. Winner anywhere you go. I think I think if there's a team that needs a tight end right away, but maybe I, stay out of Detroit. I think yeah, stay out of Detroit. I think you can step in and be the guy right away if he goes to a team where he sits behind someone and, and tight ends don't really sit behind someone. Let me right? tell you something. You the become Lions number are two the tight end. Detroit of football franchises. Oh, yes, literally, <laughs> literally and figuratively, right? Um so yeah, I, I would love to see him on the Saints. Uh I, I, I truly wish the Jets would have almost stayed at six and kept our second round picks because uh, that I was one of the things I was most disappointed about. I think was, we might have had a chance yeah. at him early second round. But, I know. Uh, I mean, could you imagine? It hurt. It could you imagine sitting pretty at six, getting our quarterback? Because the way it pans out, I think we still could have gotten Rosen. A or good Mayfield. quarterback. And then getting um, Mike Asiki. And then get Mike Asiki to pair oh, with him. Oh, I would have loved it. <sighs> but anyway, um, we can wish and we can dream. But That's Mike a great Kosicki, point that I made during the first podcast. It was. It was. Hey, guys, <laughs> you're getting a double dose, listeners. You're getting a double dose. Double the podcast, double the fun, <laughs> double the amount of time for them to get up to urinate. All right. So, Mike Kosicki, we love you. Best of luck to you. Hope you end up on probably the Saints or the Cowboys is what I would root for. All right. Next up, this is your guy. Oh, your my favorite baby. player my in this baby. draft. And it's funny because before I name this person, I'm going to put this out there. I genuinely like this player. I love him as a person. Uh, and I'll get to that in a minute of why I think uh, his energy, his post-game dance videos in the locker room. If you can't figure it out who it is yet, you're an idiot. Uh, the guy's electric. I love him. But the love that Pat has for him almost makes me feel like like my level is almost like a hate. So this is Marcus Allen, safety. Penn State the football. most 
Underrated player in the NFL draft, if you ask me. Criminally underrated. Of all. I, I have, in fact, seen multiple draft projections where he is not even enlisted in the top five free safeties. Really? Not even the top five safeties. Free safeties. Wow. Or I mean, it, it's really unbelievable. I mean, it's, it's so, a deep draft, sure. You, ha- you have your you have he, your Minka Fitzpatrick, uh, your Derwin James, your... Listen, fuck, I can't even name anyone. Minka Fitzpatrick is, I think, the only can't-miss player after Saquon. Right. We talked about that. Um. Behind that, let me tell you, the only knock on Marcus Allen is he ran a four five nine. He did. He ran a little slow. Not exceptionally fast, and uh, he, six two. That's a good height for a safety. Um, but let me tell you, this kid has every intangible. Um, his two step read, I think, is as good as anyone in the draft. Okay. Which uh, for anyone who doesn't know what I'm talking about, as a defensive back, you're taught the first thing you do off the off the snap is you take like two little slide steps back to run, to read, pass, to read the play. or run. Yep. And I, he reads, pass, or run so fast, so accurately. I, I, I absolutely love it. Okay. Um, his footwork is impeccable. Um, you rarely ever see him get turned around in coverage, which is a huge thing. Huge asset, And yep. uh, what, what, I mean, with the really big thing about, to translate that to people who, aren't in my mind right now. <laughs> what that really does is he's always in the right position. And in today's NFL, what that means is he's rarely going to get called for pass interference. Sure. Which and that's is a huge, huge thing huge. in today's NFL. Joe Flacco's he's going to be play. in position to make plays without being called for pass interference. Um, I like the way he uses his hands. Okay. I like the way he uses the sideline. As a defender. It's your biggest defender. Um, and, I, and he's just a great run stopper. He's a hard hitter. He's a great tackler. And he reads run so well. I can't say enough about this kid. I think he's the most <laughs> underrated player in the draft. There's not much I can say on top of that. I will I will say that, I, again, I do genuinely like Marcus Allen. Like I said, I think his energy and his he's – got, he's got a unique leadership because I don't think he's like the rah-rah get-in-your-face guy on the field, but he's he's – he has a way that like people just gravitate towards him. At least by him. example. They they genuinely gravitate. And it's not just like I joked before about the post-game locker room, like all of his like sing-along videos. Of course, like Twitter goes nuts for that, right? But genuinely on the field, like people gravitate. Like yeah. they 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 just watch him do his thing. He's a leader, right? So if we look at NFL.com, some of his strengths already plays with NFL level aggression. Damn right he does. Meets blockers, jarring hands, mm-hmm. forceful striker, triggers downhill, team captain, locker room favorite. So they 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 agree with all of that. Some of the things that they list as weaknesses, and I, I honestly think this is interesting because, like I said, guys like us who are, I would say, above average Penn State fans, we watch a, a little bit more intently than the normal casual fan, but not nearly the level that these people like dissect film on. They say lacks instincts and anticipation, which now that one I couldn't disagree with more. I, I agree. I think I, he has I think great it's terrible. instincts and anticipation. Yeah. Um, I think they Just say that at, because of his lack of interceptions. Yes. Um, look at the safety. Was it against Pitt? I think it was where yes. he came in, knocked the dude on his ass, and literally did the fucking what was it? Free Kodak, uh, where yes. he pulls his cheeks out Absolutely. over him. That picture is iconic. Now, and, when you get, I mean, to that was his, pure instincts. When you get to his next quote unquote weakness, I think is where they come up with this first one. Okay, likes to see ball come out before making his jump. Now, that's where I can see it. He absolutely does do that. Okay. So, what really basically what that means is he's not coming up with a lot of interceptions. Sure. Um, what that also means is he's never getting burned on a stop-and-go route. Yeah, um, yeah. He does. He likes to see the quarterback throw before he makes his jump, which is 
more of a passive move yeah. than sometimes you'd like to see. But out of a safe, that's not as big of a deal out of a safety as, as it is a cornerback. Agreed. First of all. Agreed. Secondly, he's not getting burned. Thirdly, he's always he's he's always in good enough position where that's not a big deal. And he can recover. Yes. But that's think thing he, has- he really needs to recover. True, but and not maybe that was the wrong word. Yeah, um, yeah, I know what you mean. He, yeah, not that he's like getting burned and recovering, but if if he waits enough, he can make the move that he needs yeah. to to be in that position. And I think way more important than his amount of interceptions if, is if you look at the amount of passes that are completed against him, which is outrageously low for a safety. Yeah, um, we're it, not it, stats guys. We're not yeah. going to look it up. I, I enjoy good. forming extremely strong opinions without statistics. <laughs> Qualitative, and not let, quantitative. And let me tell you, Marcus Allen is one of those guys, you watch him play football. Like I said about Saquon, you watch yep. tape and yep, you just know. And every every negative notion is dispelled. Watch Marcus Allen play football. He's everything you want at safety and more. I agree. And, and I, I couldn't praise him highly enough. Just no, I'm, I'm with you. And I'm not going to make the outlandish comparisons. Like the, the guys I want to compare him to are like the Cam Chancellors, even the Jamal Adams, that's gestures are like those hard hitting box safeties. And he's, I, I'm not saying he's that same like echelon. He's not that same level, but it's the same mentality. You know who like, I'd actually compare him to is, um, What's his name? The guy who played for the Cardinals who was the war hero. Uh, Pat Tillman? Yeah. Really? I compare him to Pat okay. Tillman. Or even uh, Bob Sanders. I, I love Bob Sanders on the Colts. I, yeah. yeah. I compare yeah. him to, to Bob Sanders in his prime. Actually, I love that comparison. I And this is this is breaking news. We did not talk about this in we the didn't. first one. That's a really good comparison. Hard hitter. Yeah. Not a big interceptions guy. Like, not an Ed Reed interception. But not a liability in coverage either. Not only not a liability. In fact, a very strong coverage. Yeah. Cover safety. Yeah, you know what? I like that. We uh, we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and write yeah. to NFL.com. Bob they, Sanders. They have his comparison as Clayton Gathers. Yeah, who get the I, fuck out of here. Get Bob you. Sanders. In. We're gonna put Bob Sanders. You heard in here first. A uh, no name. All, all game. game. Bob Sanders. Love it. Is in fact Marcus L. So to wrap up, NFL.com <laughs> sources tell us if he doesn't start early, he'll be a star on coverage teams. He's fearless. He loves to hit. I'm concerned with his speed, and we want our safeties to be better in coverage than he is. But I think he's a great fit as a nickel or dime linebacker in the sub. And and honestly, that's that's what it comes down to is like a, 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 a team will a team will find a fit for him. And it's just, that good it just of a player, it just it just, it just comes down to like what are you comfortable draft? Are you comfortable drafting a sub package in the third round, fourth round? And if you're not, guess what? Somebody else is. So like all I'm saying is like I might not be a defensive back coach, but I can are tell you. Not? I'm not. Okay. I've never coached defensive backs. Wow, would have fooled me. But if I was and I watched tape on Marcus Allen, I would make room for him on my roster. Fair enough. Hey, Marcus, if you're listening, which you are, because Pat probably texted you. You want to go on a date? <laughs> we love you, brother. Best of luck to you. <laughs> um, one of the biggest, one of the mock drafts that I see most often for him is like third-ish round to the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I'm not a big Pittsburgh guy, but. Kind of that seems right. like a great fit. Kind of feels um, right. My, um, in fact, my favorite AFC rivalry North football. Yeah, my favorite rivalry in football is uh, Steelers Ravens, and I'd love to see that like kind of reignited with a hard hitter like Marcus. I'm just lighting up Joe Flacco yep. in the backfield. I can yeah. see it. I can see it. Marcus, we wish you the best of luck, brother. Up next, uh, so Marcus Allen was your favorite player in this draft. Uh, and I, I I mean, this goes without saying, but obviously this is after Saquon. We all love Saquon. Um, this one's going to be my favorite. Uh, he is a guy who I think has had the best offseason maybe in the history of the NFL draft. I mean, of course, that's hyperbole, but I really do think this guy has improved his stock more than anyone I've seen in the last couple of years. He has mm-hmm. always been one of my favorite Penn State football players. I tweeted at him probably his freshman year. I think I was probably a, maybe a, 
I was in college at the time. I don't remember when, but he liked my tweet. It's not a big deal. We don't have to talk it is about a big it. Deal now. We're gonna um, bring him on the podcast. Uh, at Skeeter Mills, if you're out there, give us a call. His name, Deshaun Hamilton, baby. Holy Let's go. Hammy Pacquiao. Um, oh. This guy, what a name too, Hammy Pacquiao. That's, That's incredible. Um, no, but but for real, this guy is um, a very much uh, under the radar, do your job, show up, and just get mm-hmm. shit done kind of guy. He is Penn State's all-time receptions leader, which a lot well of, deserved. A, a lot of times you see like college all-time leaders, and it goes to just the guy who stayed around for like four or five years instead of the guys who graduated early and went to the NFL. But you look at Hamilton. Not one of those guys. It's not. And like, yes, he was around for four years, but the dude just churned numbers, man. He had, I think, 82 catches his freshman year. Insane numbers. Well, tell All, him why. Tell him why. He is, without question, in my opinion, the best route runner in all of college football right now. 100%. And, uh, let me say in the draft. Uh, Calvin Ridley out of Alabama is a fantastic receiver. I think he's the best receiver in the draft. I think he's a great route runner. But I would put Deshaun Hamilton's routes up almost like one for one with the guy. If you oh, look, yeah. If you look at some of this tape, and, and this is how this is how Hammy kind of went through his his progress. So he got invited to the East-West Shrine Bowl, which is kind of like the JV of uh, the Senior Bowl. The Senior Bowl is the one where all the studs go, all the NFL scouts are. So he went to the East-West Shrine Bowl, and he killed it. He absolutely killed it. So the Senior Bowl was like, hey. Unsurprisingly. Have- yeah, for, for, uh, for, us, for us Penn State fans, unsurprisingly. So the Senior Bowl was like, hey, uh, we have some people that are hurt or whatever. Like, yo, why don't you come up? And he went, and he played at the Senior Bowl. Did he win MVP at the Senior Bowl? I don't know if it was MVP, but he got a lot of praise. He got he got praise yeah. from one of the best route runners of all time, as we're talking about it, Steve Smith of Carolina Panthers fame. And he, in fact, reminds me of Steve Smith. Not yeah. a big guy, yep. not the most physically gifted, but just a hard-nosed fucking great route runner. Yeah, agreed. So Steve Smith said he was the best route runner. Oh, that's that a Hall of Famer right there. Hall of Famer. Hall of Famer. So we look at him. Six, First ballot. Uh, Deshaun, 6'1", 205. He didn't run the 40 at the combine. So like he had a great, um, great combine. But guess what? He took it to the pro day. What did he run? Five four two. Four was, five two. That's right, yeah. Four, We've five, had a couple two, of beers. We've had a, a five, couple four, of beers. Two. Yesterday. Four <laughs> five two. Today. Four five two for, for a guy that NFL scouts looked at and said, you know what? He's kind of a little slow. bit slow. They thought he was gonna run on four sevens. He ran a four five two, unofficially a four four seven. Like the guy did everything. He caught he caught everything in the combine, caught everything in the senior bowl. His routes were impeccable. Like, and here's the thing too. I love I love following on Twitter like all the coaches. Josh Gaddis, he's another one that we lost recently. He went to Alabama. Mm, yeah. Like, and this could be another whole podcast, but James Franklin has lost a lot of assistance to great coaches, incredible programs. And like I said, that's like that's one of those things where you're okay seeing your assistants go on and be incredible. Josh Gaddis is now the wide receivers coach at Alabama. I think he is one of the best in the business. The way that he teaches his wide receivers to craft. That's why Chris Godwin got drafted in the third round. Should have went in the second. But I I I'm getting off topic. Anyway. Should have went to the Jets. Should have. Oh, fuck. In the second, even. Um. Anyway, I'm getting off topic. I think Deshaun Hamilton is one of the best receivers in this draft. Overall, probably in like the six to eight range in wide receivers, because there are wide receivers that are better in big body guys. More, more physically gifted. Yeah, of course. But yeah. I, I think there's going to be a team that who are, who are outside yeah, and, and, and outside receivers yes. are always going to be more valuable. Of course. Because they can make the big plays. There's going to be a team. He's a slot receiver. There's going to be a team that needs a slot guy. I've seen a lot of comparisons to a, like a Doug Baldwin, which I'm very okay with. He's another like under the radar guy that will silently put up a hundred yards and three touchdowns in a game. So yeah. I think Deshaun's going to be very good um, in on an NFL roster. I would love to see him on the jets, which ugh. is the same for most of our, know, our guys. I know. Um, but yeah, I, I see him going around, I, I would say three with like four as his floor. Yeah. Um. Here's the thing. You you made a lot. I mean, I don't want to just reiterate all the great points you made, made about Deshaun. 
So what I will add to that is I love the way that he comes back to the ball. Yeah. Um, what you see from a lot of receivers, especially good receivers in college who were just more physically gifted coming into the NFL is um, either they run their routes straight or they kind of tail off towards the end zone. Uh, quietly a huge mistake because defensive backs in the NFL are they're that exponentially much better. better. Yeah, they're much better. So I love the way he comes back to the ball and makes sure that he is the one who receives it can catch it with his arms all the way extended. Yeah. Agreed. I love that. I love that ability. Um, I think that's going to be huge in the NFL, especially as a slot receiver. And I think he'll be hugely successful. Um, I think he'll get drafted in the fourth round just because I still don't think Penn State gets a ton of respect. In the yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Um, and he has struggled with drops at times. Like Not it's... not his senior year, though. No, senior year is great, but he, um, he's had it. So I, yeah. I get it. I'm okay with fourth round for him. But and it's going to be a what steal. I will say, it's going to be a steal in the fourth. I, here's the thing. If you draft Deshaun Hamilton in the third to fourth round, you're a winner. You're going to be happy. You're, you're a winner. Be absolutely happy. You're going to yep. be – whatever team gets him in the third to fourth round made a great pick. You know what would fucking kill me, though? And is, is it the same thing that I said in the first podcast? Yeah. I, I have to bring it up again because he, it, it almost seems like a perfect fit. Yeah. If, if, we're, if, if he we're, gets drafted by the Patriots. Oh, my God. He's such a scrappy. He's, he's a scrappy. As, as a, yeah. He's a Wes Welker. He's a uh, Danny Amendola. He, he's, he's a I Julian think he's Edelman. Talented than Agreed. Guys too. He, he's, he's like those guys, but better. And Tom yeah. Brady would feast on him. Uh, Deshaun, I love you. Please don't go to the Patriots. Yeah. Please don't go to the Patriots. Moving on, because yes. we have about, the only Patriot I don't hate. We have about 15 minutes left of this podcast. Uh, hopefully, this shit does yep. not delete on us again. So we're gonna move next. Uh, these two guys, I'm gonna lump together because they both play the same position. Two defensive backs. I believe they came in, in the same recruiting class. I could be wrong, I think but you're correct. Uh, we've got Mr. Grant Haley and Mr. Christian Campbell. What are your thoughts? All right, so Grant Haley ran a four four forty four 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 Jay Z album. Also, exactly. Grant Haley's uh, forty um, time. Here's the thing. Uh, Haley, great athlete. Agreed. Um, Campbell, I think, is the more polished player. More polished um, corner, yeah. Yes. What I don't love about Haley is the fact that he tends to get a little turned around in coverage. His footwork isn't super clean. Um, but, you know, you've got the obvious upsides of he is an exceptional athlete. Yes. And I think a lot of teams are going to take a chance on him because he's such a good athlete. And what you can't measure, the kid is an X factor. He's got, you know, he's got obviously one of the biggest plays in Penn State history. Of all time. The block to the return. Yep. Grant Haley scoring one of the biggest touchdowns in the history of Penn State. Ohio State. I would argue Ooh. the biggest touchdown since I've attended Penn State. Agreed. Marcus Allen blocked it. Grant Haley scooped it up. Also, Grant Haley was in on a Big Ten championship against Wisconsin. That fourth down stop to win the yes. game. He had the, the initial key, hit. Yeah. He had the initial hit, and then Marcus Allen came in and finished it. I think he's he's a good run stopper. Um, he's aggressive. Yep. What you like? I, he's just he's a little sloppy with his footwork. Tends to get a little turned around in coverage. Sure, and but he's just an exceptional athlete. Yeah. And I think a lot of teams will take a chance on him because of how athletic he is. Yeah. And the one quick thing I'll say, Grant Haley is he's five nine. That's the biggest thing that's gonna hurt him. And I mean, obviously, that's not to his own fault, of course. Like he's born that way to quote Lady Gaga, right? But dude, the guy's an athlete. I think like we talked about, the NFL is going to a pass happy league. They need guys that can just cover. You need nickel corners. You need guys that can match up with these tight ends. I think there's going to be a team that likes him. I think the NFL 
NFL.com, which I'm giving a lot of free publicity to. Uh, NFL.com. No NFL.com. Unreal. On the NFL, NFL draft. draft. Oh. <laughs> Uh, they have him. They have him going around five to six. I think five is more realistic. I think he could slip to six, even seven. I could see that happening, but I really do think, like I said, this is a, a top heavy uh, defensive back draft. If you look at just even just the pure corners, I'm gonna take Minka out of it. You've got Denzel Ward from Ohio State. You've got Josh Jackson from who I think uh, is the best Iowa in the draft. And guess what? You know who makes Josh Jackson look silly? Look at tape. Deshaun, Deshaun Hamilton. Hamilton. He he spins him around. It's incredible. I mean, um, first of all, to make he doesn't make him look silly, but he makes him look as silly as he looked all season. Yes, of course. Um, he, he's still a premier talent. He, he's but... about the only guy who made Josh Jackson look not like a superstar. Yeah. Uh, who did Saquon hurdle in Iowa? I don't uh, know. I don't know. Anyway, getting uh, off topic. Joey Jewell? Oh, maybe it was. Maybe it was. Yeah, Josie Jewell. Yeah, yeah. Jo- um, whatever the whatever his name is. is. Anyway, getting back to Grant Haley, he's he's a little bit short, which teams aren't going to love. You, you that, that's not uncommon at cornerback, though. Yeah, but you want the six foot guy that can stick with a six four. That's DeAndre more so Hopkins, safety. Like, There's a lot of short cornerbacks. Fair enough. Um. So anyway, Haley Campbell. Uh, like I said, I think I think they came in around the same time. They kind of remind me now of the John Reed Garrett Taylor. Uh, John Reed has been the premier premier guy who's gotten the most playing time, like Haley. But Garrett Taylor is quietly kind of really good, like Campbell. I think Campbell had a better circuit. I think at the Senior Bowl, teams really saw what he could do. He he had some shutdown performances, and he's another one who they have as round six to seven. Wouldn't surprise me if he's around five, round six guy because corner is a premier position. You need depth. You need like here's the thing: it's a pass heavy league. You need players. Who you can need depth, dude. The Jets again. I'm gonna go back to the Jets because we're Jets fans. They took Justin Burris in the fifth round. Is he ever gonna be our starting corner? No, but you need the depth. You need the guys that can right. play the game. Yeah. You need the guys that can come in a situational. I think Haley and Campbell can both fit that bill, and I think they both make NFL rosters. The only counterpoint to that I would make is that typically the guys who can play all game are the defensive backs. Usually, the guys who need to get subbed out of the big boys. Very fair. I, I have nothing to say against that. I think Haley and Campbell are both great athletes. I've loved their time. They will both State. be making NFL rosters. Hundred percent, hundred percent. So Grant Christian, if you ever want to come on the program, I like we would the way Chris, to have you. I like the way Christian Campbell plays the game. Yeah, I think he has good footwork. I think he plays clean. Um, just, I, he he's a polished football player. Not quite the athlete that Grant Haley is. I think he's more of a pure corner than Haley is. I think I think he yes. plays. I think he plays the position a little bit more technically. But yes, I think I, Haley, agree. I think Haley's I like athleticism. Uses, I like the way he uses the sideline. Yeah, so, I think I think Haley's athleticism I think that's, makes up for uh, it. An underrated quality in cornerbacks is being able to use the sideline effectively. Yeah, and I think Christian Campbell has a great Twitter account. I think it's at Chris Rock, which is awesome. I love. Um, it. All right. We've got 10 minutes left, guys. Stay with us. Uh, if you're still here, I love you. Thank you for listening. Love you guys. Two guys left. Uh, number Last one. Uh, second to last one, rather. One of Penn State's great leaders of all time. Reminds you of a Mike Maudie type. Uh, Jason Cabinda. Should we, should we Number name, 40. Should we name this podcast criminally underrated? Criminally underrated. Because this is another criminally underrated player. It is. I, I, Jason Cabinda, and he is. He is. So here, here are the knocks on him. He's not fast. He's not fast. What did he run for? He, ran, he runs in the four sevens. Four sevens. Not entirely ish. sure, but he gets clocked anywhere in the four sevens. Right. Not entirely fast. And like I said, in, in today's game, you want a middle linebacker to be able to go sideline to sideline. Uh, However, we saw that for uh, Sean Lee. Sean Lee four seven one four seven one four seven one. And if but, if it's not for his injuries, Sean Lee might be the best inside linebacker in the NFL. Sure, but that was also he got drafted what four, uh, five, six years ago. Right, but he's still in today's NFL. I agree, but but think about the guys that are getting drafted now. Roquan Roquan Smith this year of Georgia runs sideline to sideline. 
Darren Lee, who the Jets picked out of Ohio State a couple years ago, runs sideline to sideline. Even, even a guy like Luke Keekley runs sideline to sideline. These guys are just fast, agile. They can keep up with the Saquon Barkley's, the Le'Veon Bells of the league, right? They need to be that way. Right, and that's why teams don't like Jason Kabinda. But I am here to tell you they're wrong because he is a fucking leader. Here's my counterpoint. He's a man. Pat has a counterpoint. All right. So you made a point about how his uh, hips are, quote, tight. Um, here's the thing. I have yet to massage Jason Gabinda's hips. Oh, fair point. But um, the kid, he always seems to be where the ball is. Yeah. And I think that Always is, leads the team in tackles. Um, like Marcus Allen, he has a great two-step read. Okay. Um, he's one of those guys that has a nose to the ball. Um, always, and, and by the way, read, your two-step read is more than just a pass run. Sure. It's also deciding where the play is going. Yeah, yeah. Um, he does. He's an, got the football IQ. He does an excellent job of deciding where people are running the ball. He's got. He's where got are they the running IQ. it? Where are they pass it? He he always seems to know where the ball is ending up. I think that's an invaluable quality in, in an inside linebacker. Which, unfortunately for uh, Kaminda, inside linebacker is a fading position in importance because the D line provide in a pass heavy league. Yeah, D line provides the pass rush, and the defensive backs are covering the receivers. Yeah, I- but. I think if you want really just a quality inside linebacker, yeah, I got to tell you, I think football IQ counts more for inside yeah. linebackers than athleticism does. And I think you'll see that up and down the board with guys like Ray Lewis, Brian Erlacher, Jonathan Vilma. Fair. None of those guys were the were the best athletes. Yeah. But they were all exceptional football players. Yeah, and I think honestly, if you take Kabinda in round six, round Luke seven, you're you're not gonna be upset by taking him in round six or round seven. Like you're gonna get a good football player, a guy that comes to work, wants to work, wants to be the guy, and he's just an exceptional leader. I will say this too. He is an I, I hate saying this about players because I, I want them to have the best career playing they possibly could. But this guy has such a career in the media after. He is so polished in the way he speaks. He's he so mature. He knows he's, the game. He's just a smart dude. So if you take Kabinda in the sixth or seventh, you're not going to be upset. Here's take Kabinda. Kabinda, I love something. you. We got to wrap up with Kabinda soon. Last point. Go. Um, If the Jets took Kabinda in the seventh round, other than Jamal Adams last year, that's the best draft pick they've had since Darrell Rivas. I am very okay with that. I don't know how uh, – I guess mathematically accurate that is, but I'm okay with it. All right, one more we have to go. Jason, we love you. We'd love to have you on the show sometime. You're a fantastic I'll person. Text you. Um, last one, Troy Apke. I don't know if you heard, but he can run, 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 run. Uh, so if you haven't seen it, Deion Sanders was commentating. Troy Apke ran something ridiculous. Uh, we'll look it up right a now. Four three nine. It was it was pretty pretty fast. Uh, he ran a really fast, a, really fast forty. You you um, know how good it was that um, Deion Sanders insinuated that. He, White men shouldn't run that fast. Exactly. So, and so let me Dion, tell you, as a white man, it makes you feel I, good. I am incredibly, incredibly complimented by that. Yeah, it makes you feel good. So Deion Sanders, one of the greatest. So so let's see. 40, four, 40 yards. Four. four three four for Troy Apke, which Dynamite. is just unheard of. Here's the thing. And Deion Sanders goes, he can run, run. And the guy goes, uh, the other guy goes, What do you mean by that? He goes, I can't say it on TV, but you but know you, what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Why are you surprised? Yeah. So I can't tell you why I am, but you know why. Like should have been a black guy. Um, but anyway, Troy Apke, uh Another one who's very like athletically talented, great college player. You don't see it translating into the NFL yeah. super great, but could he be a special teamer? Of course. Could he work his way into a safety rotation? Of course. Like he's one. If he's our worst representative in the NFL, I'm very okay with that. Yeah, here's the thing. Uh before this before the combine, I wouldn't have seen Troy Apke in the NFL. 
just because he wasn't like a huge standout. Of course, State. of course, great college player, but not like an absolute standout. But um, such a such a goddamn athlete. Yeah, that teams are gonna take a chance on him no matter what. I agree. Uh, Troy, best of fucking luck to you. I I think you're gonna find your way under an NFL roster in tw- in 2018, no doubt. If nothing else, you're going to be a gunner on the punt teams and the kickoff teams. I and, would kill. And you're going to kill it. I would and you're going kill to kill it. have a guy who, yes. by, the, by the way, Troy has got great hands to shed blockers. Yes. Guy very who can much. shed blockers as a natural safety and run that fast on my punt slash kickoff team. Absolutely. I would kill, kill for it. All right. We got four minutes left. We're hoping this doesn't get deleted. Uh, this is going to be quick fire, rapid fire. Other guys who didn't go to the combine, do they have a shot? Yes or no? Offensive lineman, Brendan Mann. Uh, no. Strictly for the fact that. Uh, the best ability in the NFL is availability. Very injury prone. Too many injuries. Very injury Good prone. player, but he's. You're not going to take a chance on a on a free agent who gets injured. Fair enough. Parker and Curtis Cothran, the Cothran brothers, not related. Both defensive tackles. Both yes. Both because they're healthy. Both because Penn State's defensive line has been hugely impressive. I agree. Uh, Tyler Davis, kicker. He has been. He had an incredible run to the end of his career. Very very accurate. Tyler Davis. Um, uh, he's going to get invited to a camp. I think. Yeah. But I don't think he's going to get picked up because it's just too hard to get picked up as a kicker. If Roberto um, Aguilar is think, still getting calls, I think I, Tyler I Davis think is a shot. I think you have to outperform the existing kicker by so much. Fair. I don't think there. I don't think there's any available kicker spots in the NFL this year. Fair. Last that, one. I don't, I don't. I don't even know if he's eligible. But Saeed I'm still Blackwell? waiting for Big Big Toe Joe. Big Toe is, is my guy. Big Toe Joe. If I could shout get shout out, Bar Blue Group me. Let me get out of Big Toe. If I could get one guest, it would be Joey Dulles. Oh, uh, Saeed Blacknell, wide receiver. Only I think one he's of the players whose number I can actually text. Love it. Saeed Blacknell, thoughts? Um, too many off the field issues. Yeah. Not going to happen. Immense talent. Practice squad. Couldn't put it together at Penn State. Yeah. Good player. Practice squad, though. <sighs> All right, so we have uh, we have like two a huge Penn State contributor, by the way. We're of course agreed. We love you, know. you Saeed. Your your play in the Big Ten championship was incredible. I was we there love, live. Yeah, we love we, you. We love I, you. I wouldn't trade you for anything. We just don't know if it's gonna yeah. happen. All right, we have about two minutes left. Anything else you have left for the fans? All right, can, can I read this? Yeah, we have like right. two minutes left. I got co- the top four quarterbacks and Trace McSorley comparison stat wise. I'm gonna oh. give you touchdowns to interceptions. Okay, we actually didn't do this on the first run. Okay, twenty eight to ten. Here's the easy one, 43 to 6. Baker Mayfield. Hey, attaboy. <laughs> Video right, game. So the, ne- the next four. Okay. 28-10, 26-10, 26-13, and 16-6. Damn. Okay. Um, I'm going to start with the 20-something 13, was it? 26-13. I want to say that's Sam Darnold because he had a lot of interceptions. That is exactly Is that right? Donald. Damn, yes, let's is. go. He had By a lot way, of interceptions. Let's add like the 19 fumbles he had. It's true. That. And and not all of them were his fault, but that was like his his thing, right? Whatever. Okay. Um, who was the last one you read? Give me that again. Sixteen and something. I got left. I have twenty six ten, sixteen six, and twenty eight ten. Sixteen six. I'm gonna say is Josh Allen. It absolutely is. is. It. Yeah. Let's go. Okay. Uh, yeah. He's he's the one who apparently is rumored to the Jets, but I don't know if it's gonna happen. I think the Browns might take him one overall. Um, Let's speed it up. We got two people right, left. We do have left. All right. Uh, so yeah, Josh Allen. Uh. That's easy one just because he had not yeah, as many touchdowns. Who do we have left? We got 26-13 and 28-10. 26-13. I thought it was 26-10. 26-10 and 28-10. Yeah, just two touchdowns apart. Um, I think I actually remember this stat. I think McSorley is the 28-10. You're goddamn right. <laughs> Am I really? Yes. Let's go. So Woo! The point I want to make five here. Five for five. The point I want to make here is all these quarterbacks, other than Baker Mayfield, who essentially plays against high school defenses, um, Trace McSorley has the best stats 
And I think Trace McSorley is an absolute stud who's leading us to the college football playoff this year. Trace, if I had more time to talk about you, I would. I fucking love this kid. I think I completely agree. This is the year we got to do it. Trace has been our savior. We thought it was going to be Hackenberg. But guess what? Trace has showed up. He's done everything we've asked him to. I hope this shit saves. This has been a great episode. Pat, thank you so much for joining, man. So this happy has to been be here. A, this has been a ton of fun. Guys, if you've liked any or all of this, stay tuned. We have so much more coming for you. They all won't be an hour. We'll cut them down. This has been No Names, All Game, a Penn State Woo. football podcast. Woo-hoo, we are.